0: Hey Packaday listeners, it's Sarah Kelleher from the Wednesday edition of the Packaday podcast. As all of us are learning how to navigate through what are some unprecedented times, our team here at Packaday, as well as the team at Cheesehead TV, will be joining forces to help those who need it. With recent COVID 19 related school closures, job disruptions, and health risks, millions of Americans will turn to local food banks for much needed support. Together, our teams are raising money to benefit Feeding America the nation's largest domestic hunger relief organization. Our fundraising campaign will run through March 26th to April 3rd, and all proceeds will go towards feeding America's efforts to providing meals to those who need it across the nation. For more information, you can visit the Packaday Twitter at Packaday Podcast, or check out any of our team's Twitter profiles. We hope you'll join us on our week-long effort to support those who truly need it. Thank you in advance for your contribution, Thank you for always listening. And as always, Go Pack Go!
1: 20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast.
2: Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode 615 of the Pack-A-Day podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. No messing around today. I am incredibly excited to kick off today's show with Packers wide receiver Reggie Bagleton. He is joining me. He is a 6-foot, 200-pound wide receiver who played his college football at Lamar, finished his college career with 227 catches, 2,435 yards, and 20 touchdowns. He is the all-time leader in school history for both receptions and yards. Recently, he played his professional football with the Calgary Stampeders of the Canadian Football League. In 2019, he finished with 102 catches for 1,444 yards and 10 touchdowns, making him a CFL All-Star. That season rewarded him with a three-year contract with your Green Bay Packers, and he joins me now to talk about his journey from Lamar College to the CFL to the Packers. Reggie, thank you so incredibly much for taking the time to join me today on the podcast.
1: Thank you for giving me the opportunity to let everybody know who I am.
2: Yeah, you bet. I know a lot of people are really intrigued about your story. I can't wait to get into it. But first of all, I know this is a little bit of a crazy time right now. I want to ask, how are you and your family doing throughout the current pandemic that we're experiencing?
1: Everybody's doing well. I've been keeping up with my uh, my, my immediate family, my mom, dad, grandmothers. Uh, them specifically, uh, especially one who's staying by herself in the country, uh, you know, out in the middle of nowhere. So I'm constantly, you know, trying to figure out what she's doing and she's staying in and she's staying safe. So that's just one of those things that I, that I'm really doing.
2: I'm glad to hear everything's going well. I know everything's just a degree of difference right now. Before we kind of jump into the current you know, state of the off season and where things are hopefully going as we kick off the 2020 season, I want to kind of just start with your journey a little bit. Uh, I want to start with your college career and walk me through your career at Lamar. Were you ever on an NFL radar when you finished your college career? And, and what did that kind of process look like when you finished up your career at Lamar?
1: Well, uh, Lamar University is a program who started uh, the actual program back up in 2010. They went on a stint where the the program was closed uh, since, I think, 1989. So what, a full, what, 20 years? They didn't have a football program. And so I was part of that first class that started it back up. And uh, it's in my hometown, uh, Beaumont, Texas. Which is in southeast Texas, you know. I call it the uh, the armpit of Texas because it's right <laughs> on the border of Louisiana and Texas, and it's very humid, tropical, and it can be very muggy, muggy down there. Uh, so yeah, that's why that's one thing I call it the armpit of Texas. And uh, coming out of high school, uh, even though I was, you know, one of the premier receivers on a on a high school team, uh, my my stature really didn't stand out. I wasn't the biggest, I wasn't the, I most definitely wasn't the fastest. So I didn't get any offers coming out of high school and I was forced to walk on to Lamar University, which I mentioned before, he's in my hometown. My dad said, uh, in order for me to be able to pay for school, cause I also didn't get any financial aid uh, coming out of high school. Uh, that we was going to have to take, you know, a few classes at a time for them to be able to pay for it. So I walked on. Um, I started off in chemical engineering because at that time I was like, I'm not going to a university for four or five years and have to struggle to, you know, try to find a job. So I wanted to come out of college making six figures at least. So I, I was really good in the books. My grades were good. I loved math. And uh, I wanted to go for chemical engineering. Long story short, two years later, as I'm in uh, I'm I'm at Lamar. Um, uh, we get a new officer coordinator and um the same head coach, and uh, I'm still not on scholarship. My dad was struggling uh to pay for school at that time. Uh, I didn't mention, but my parents had went to it before, so it was just him paying for it.
0: Sure. Um,
1: so it was struggle. So he told me he was like, well. You're gonna to have to have an ultimatum of uh, uh, you, you're either gonna quit football, have to quit football, or and go full time, or you're gonna to have to get a job, and so and go or go to the uh, go to the uh, head coach and you know basically beg for a scholarship. Uh the receiver coach at that time. Um, He really liked me. He seen my potential and he knew I wouldn't let that opportunity pass without, you know, me actually trying. So he went to the head coach and he asked him, you know, could we do something for him? And at that time, the head coach gave me a partial scholarship, which that's all I needed to keep playing football. And uh, once I did, I was actually in a lineup. I actually got the opportunity in front of the new offensive coordinator. And that's when my college career actually took off. Um, All I needed was that one opportunity. And then after my college career, going into, you know, my senior year, big numbers, uh, I get to my pro day and we didn't because it's a fairly new school. Nobody knows who Lamar University is. We didn't have that many scouts there. And Lamar, I I believe, is an acronym name that is ATP. Uh, I don't know exactly what it means, but Lamar wasn't ATP. So whatever numbers that I got during my pro day doesn't go out to all 32 teams. It only goes out to the teams that were present unless my area team, which would be the Houston Texans was there and they weren't there. So I only had like four scouts. So I you know my numbers really didn't get out to the league. Uh, and I actually, I had a really, really, really good pro day and, and that was kind of depressing. So after college, I ended up getting invited to, uh, Atlanta and Oakland's, uh, rookie mini camp, the three-day camp but I wasn't on uh I wasn't signed free age or anything like that and through the football world if you're a player and you know and you you know how it goes where if you go to minicamp and you're not signed there's a very very small chance that you know you you're you're going to be you're going to be moving forward with that team right So, yeah, I kind of went through a depression after that because I felt like I needed a fair opportunity and I just I just wasn't getting it. Uh, So I actually retired for a year and I went and worked at Universal Coin and Bullion, which is a a gold and silver investment company um, for I worked there for four months and the team that I was on while working in that company. We have a mental training two hours before work started. Work started at eight. So I got there at six and we mentally trained for two hours because you have to understand that it's hard to take uh, to take constant no's while you're on the phone by strangers. Sure. Or, or people hanging up in your face. You know, you're constantly dealing with adversity. And so that mental training that I took for those four months helped me get past that hump of, you know, adversity, actually. That was my that was really my first time that adversity hit me the way that it did hit me and I didn't know how to handle it. And so I give it to that company for helping me get over it because I constantly had people in my ear saying, dude, like, why? Why? Why are you quitting? Because you're 22 years old and you're going to regret. Not giving it your all when you turn 30, like you're not gonna forgive yourself. And so that's when I decided to uh, to go back into training and go to CFL route. Me yeah. living in living in Southeast Texas, you know, we don't ever see snow. So <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the things that that kind of made me iffy about going up to Canada. It's like, man, how am I gonna play football and I can't feel my hands <laughs> constantly, yeah. you know?
2: It's certainly well, a, a degree of difference, I would imagine.
1: Yes, yes it is. So as, as I was training, you know, I, I had that that fire under my butt again. I, it, it was lit. And I went to the Calgary Stampeders workout and I absolutely killed it. They uh, offered me right on the spot uh, and that is, that's all she wrote. Uh, my rookie year, I knew going into my rookie year that I probably wasn't going to get much playing time. See, a lot of people, what a lot of people, what a lot of Americans don't understand about the Canadian Football League is that there is a ratio when it comes to players on the team. And that ratio consists of a 45-man active roster and 22 to 23 of those spots are solidified for Canadian players. Yep. So only about 22 are for Americans. So it's actually really, really hard to make the Canadian team uh, for an American. And most of the Americans are there, if not all. They actually came from the NFL. They were in the NFL at one time. It's not really no, no, just random person on the on the street on the couch. These guys, these are big name guys. And uh, and so I knew that. Going up in my rookie year, it was going to be pretty hard to make the team even, you know, get on the field. So I, tr- I treated it as a redshirt year, so to speak. Uh, and I did well. The games that I did get in my rookie year, I did well. But I was looking forward to that sophomore year, uh, year number two. And uh, some adversity, a little bit of adversity hit. Uh, I didn't I play immediately. But when I finally did get in the lineup, I took off my first game I had 150 yards uh then the second game I had another 150 yards and then the third game I ended up breaking my arm on special teams so that put me in another depression a little bit sure but that mental training hit me and I was like you know what I'm not gonna let this put me in another slump I'm not gonna let it. I'm gonna use it so that offseason that offseason man I, I I, I had that that vision in front of me the entire time that I was working out, and I just wanted to go get it because I had a I had a little bit of taste of greatness. I felt it, and I was like, you know what? If I have a whole season, like this entire season, I can only imagine what I could do. And that's what happened this year. I had that goal yeah. in mind. And I went I went after it, man. I went after, it. and I just wanted an opportunity in the NFL so I could show myself, everybody that you know that I could actually do it. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to this opportunity big time.
2: Yeah, it's an absolutely incredible story. And, you know, as you're going through those, you know, moments of adversity, obviously on the back end, we're listening to it, knowing that in the end you end up, you know, on an NFL roster, which is amazing, but you can feel, you know, in those stories of, you know, just the, the, the career teetering on the edge, you know, of course, you know, if you don't end up getting that scholarship from the coach, if you, you know, don't end up having that, you know, adversity training before work every day, if you, you know, who knows what happens if you, you know, break your or, you know, have the, the break in your second year and then, uh, you know, don't come back from I mean, those moments of adversity are just incredible. The fact that you were able to work your way through those is is just an amazing story and certainly a testament uh, to you and, and the work ethic and the hard work that you've put into this. I am curious. So you obviously you started off solid uh, with the, you know, the Stampeders and the CFL. But really this past season, you just had this absolutely breakout season. I'm sure obviously opportunity matched with health. Uh, you know, contributed to that quite a bit. But is there something that you did differently? Is there a skill set that you really worked on to kind of see that success? Or was that just something that came with you being able to see the field more and and kind of stay healthy?
1: Uh, Yeah, me being able to see see the field more uh, and actually becoming more of a professional, uh, watching a lot of film, getting to meetings early, uh, making sure you know who you're going against, like really and truly being a professional is It is what it is. is Exactly what it is. Um, You want to make it every opportunity as easy as possible. And that's that's what I did for myself. I took advantage of it during the season. There was no playing around or partying or anything like that. I had a goal in mind and I said, I'm not leaving here without without it.
2: Oh, that's amazing. I, you'll you'll fit in perfectly in Green Bay for sure. No question about that. So you have your monster season in the CFL. You become an all star. I'm assuming there were multiple teams that were interested. Can you kind of walk me through what that looked like and how you ultimately ended up, you know, signing with the Packers?
1: Well, uh, after the season, uh, I knew I was gonna have at least you know two or three workouts, maybe. Uh, but I ended up having I think a total of eight in a span of two weeks. Wow. And so, yeah, I was moving around big time. Uh, and and that came out to be a very, you know, a big blessing for myself. And, uh, and I was very grateful for it. Uh, my first one was Minnesota. And I went there and I was a little too juiced up. <laughs> I needed to calm down. You know, I just you wanted to make a statement. And, you know, when you're too juiced, you kind of start messing up. So that wasn't my best workout. But after that, I calmed down and and. Ultimately, at the end, Green Bay was my last workout and uh, they they seemed like they liked me from the start. Uh, I was very consistent, solid. Uh, I ran pretty good um, and that's all she wrote. I mean, they, they loved me. They said I, I fit the system really good and and I want to prove them right.
2: Awesome. Well, congratulations on that. We're very thankful that you were too juiced for your Minnesota Vikings workout. Uh, obviously, as, <laughs> as a Packer podcast, that would have not been as great, but uh, we're certainly appreciative of that fact, and I'm happy that things worked out in Green Bay. Uh, these are, of course, now, you know, you sign your contract with Green Bay. As we kind of mentioned earlier, these are not exactly normal times right now. What has your off season looked like since signing with Green Bay? How much of the Packers been in touch, and what are you kind of doing to, to kind of stay focused with everything that's going on?
1: Well, everything, OTAs have been moved back. It's, it's been postponed. So we're honestly still trying to figure out what is the best solution to get everybody on the same page right now. And what can they do without, you know, doing illegal stuff? And that's that's what every team is trying to do right now. Uh, but personally, me, uh, I'm just I'm at home, you know, uh, trying to do all I can. I actually my roommate that I'm currently staying with, he's a big CrossFit CrossFit guy. And we're currently doing a bunch of, you know, garage and home CrossFit workouts, running a lot of miles a day, standing in shape, staying active. I do a lot of field work on my own. Uh, we just you, you try to take advantage of any opportunity that you could get, especially since all the gyms are closed. Uh, so it, it's just one of those things where connections are a big thing right now. It, it really does come into play.
2: So you mentioned you're doing a lot of film work. Is there a specific receiver that you are, you know, enjoying to, you know, watching and really kind of mirror your game after?
1: Uh, as I've grown, as I grew up, I always seen myself as a Larry Fitzgerald type of receiver, that consistent guy who will catch everything. He will get open. Uh, he's not the most blazing receiver in the world, but the ball is in the air and he's gonna come down with it. Uh, that's a quarterback's uh you know best friend. Yeah, it, it, you want the completions, you want to get the yards and you wanna win the game, right? Throw it to the man who's gonna catch the ball. That's our the, that's their job and that's who I wanna be. I wanna be that consistent guy. No matter what. I don't have to be the touchdown guru. I don't have to, you know, get all the fame for making touchdowns. I just wanna get that first down, keep moving it, keep moving those chains. That's always been my motto. Catch the ball first, move the chains. Catch the ball first, move the chains.
2: Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great motto to have. And I think, you know, really just looking back at this past season, I'm not sure how, you know, closely you were able to follow the Packers or just the NFL in general, but you know, Alan Lazard for green Bay did kind of that very similar thing, just as you kind of mentioned, you know, he, he was cut with, you know, the 53 man roster cut down a season ago, kind of did that exact same thing, worked his way back, made the practice squad, and then really kind of instilled that confidence within the offense and specifically within with Aaron Rodgers, who specifically mentioned the fact that he could do exactly what you're saying, just kind of, you know, get the ball, move the chains. He's not the fastest guy in the world. He's kind of more of that possession receiver. But Rodgers, you know, quickly built in that trust with him, and it obviously paid dividends. He ended up being wide receiver too for the Packers by the end of the season. So certainly a motto and uh, you know a a way of uh, practicing and a way of going about it that could work for you in Green Bay, I would I would think to say the least. Um, and with kind of that mindset, uh, you know, going into this season. What are your specific goals, you know, going into the year? I would obviously assume, you know, making the 53 man roster would be one of them. But how are you kind of attacking this incrementally with setting those goals as you try to go from, you know, the CFL to trying to make an NFL roster?
1: Uh, I want to build that trust between my teammates, uh, you know, number 12 as well. Uh, and and try my best to build a family vibe. Uh, the championship team that I was on with the Calgary uh, Stampeders my uh, second year, that was the closest bond I've ever been with when it comes to a sports team. Uh, We we attended chapel uh, weekly, and we averaged around 40 people in chapel. And we we did almost everything together. And that's one of those vibes I kinda wanna bring to the team if they don't have it already, which I'm sure they do, uh, but I wanna help bring that. And, uh, and and keep that. Uh, a lot of guys see this as a as a you know I'm gonna get mine and go home kind of thing. But I'm I'm the kind of guy where network and connection leads to a better life down the road. And currently, I would like to be like for us to all be happy and connected and win games and win championships because those memories last forever.
2: Yeah, I, I can definitely see why Green Bay, uh, you know, jumped on you with the opportunity to sign you as quickly as they could because uh, that certainly fits in with their mentality in the locker room and everything that they tried to build with new head coach Matt Lafleur a season ago. So uh, I think you're going to enjoy fitting in with that locker room quite a bit because they were a very, very tight knit group and that was certainly one of the things that set them apart this past season. Uh, speaking of that group of you know players, looking at the roster, you know, of course I'm sure Aaron Rodgers is, is an easy answer here, but is there any Packer that you are most looking forward to kind of working with, uh, assuming this season kind of continues as planned?
1: Uh, honestly, uh, I haven't pinpointed a specific person. Of course, I want to, you know, be on the same page where uh, number 12. But uh, other than that, I want the receiver, the receiver group to be uh, very close, no selfish players, you know, uh, let's stay together kind of thing and uh, keep it competitive with the defense, but have fun with it. Uh, I'm more of a big family type of guy, man. So it's it. I'm I'm sure I'm going to develop relationships, but it's it's just kind of hard for me to to pinpoint, you know, a specific person when I really don't know anybody.
2: No, that makes sense, and that relationship side of thing, you know, things goes a long way, and it's obviously not just the the play on the field. And I think, like I said, I think that's why you're gonna fit in incredibly well with the specific group of guys that they have in that locker room already. Uh, I want to ask you kind of three lightning round questions here, Reggie. The first is, what's one thing that you would like Packer fans to know about you?
1: Well, I'm a big outdoorsman, big fisherman. Uh, honestly, to be honest, and don't take this offense. If I could drop everything right now and become a professional fisherman, I probably <laughs> would. <laughs>
2: that's amazing. But I think you'll, I think you'll have a lot of fans in Wisconsin. I don't think they're going to be too upset that you said that. <laughs>
1: yeah, that that's that's honestly been my passion all my life. I, I love to fish. Like that's my, I call it my getaway drug, without actually using drugs, you know. So I get out on the water, and it's my scapegoat from reality. I get away from real world responsibilities. And I'm just, I'm just me, the water, fishing, and the birds.
2: <laughs> so there you go. I just like to get away sometimes. I, I think you'll appreciate uh, Green Bay and the Wisconsin area quite a bit for that. There's a lot of great places to fish, that's for sure. A lot of great Friday fr- fish fries as well. Uh, that's number awesome.
0: two,
2: uh, number two is have you ever had Wisconsin fried cheese curds? I have not.
1: But I've heard they are really good, and I'm anxious to try it.
2: All right, so that's your first homework assignment uh, as you as you move forward, is to obviously try your first Wisconsin fries, che- fried cheese curd. And this is, of course, the, the most important one of all, Reggie. I'm looking online. I do not see a jersey number yet for you assigned. Uh, what is the jersey number status, and do you have one specifically picked out or, or in mind for this coming season?
1: Huh, not at all. Honestly, I've never been a jersey number type of guy where I got to have this number because you make the number, not the number makes you. So whatever they gave, gave me, uh, I'd be happy with, uh, but if I was to choose, it would be, I probably stick with 84 since I had it in the last three years and, or I would want to try and get maybe number 11.
2: There you go. That's, uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Obviously, 84 Sterling Sharp uh, a while back was a really great receiver. Trevor Davis had 11 last year, but um, I don't think I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Now I have to look it up to see if either of those numbers are actually taken. And if they are, I'm going to get ridiculed for it for not knowing exactly which one is, is taken for each. But uh, number 11 is not taken and 84 is not either. So there you go. Both of those numbers are available. So uh, put your uh, preferences in when you get a chance Reggie, this was absolutely amazing. I cannot thank you enough for taking the time. I know Packer fans are going to be really excited to learn a little bit more about you. I wish you the absolute best of luck as you go into this season. I know Packer fans will be rooting for you. Enjoy the offseason. And uh, like I said, absolute best of luck going into 2020.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for giving me the opportunity uh, to be here.
2: You bet. That does it for us today, Reggie. We usually exit the podcast with a big Go Pack Go. Do you want to do the honors today? Yeah, sure do. Uh, go, go Pack, pack Go.